I'm not down with this properties on the table as something we can just take because things are not right. Where is this mass destruction of property happening right now? Like if you look at Have you watch the news? If you look at Portland, it's two square blocks. There is a view and it's in the media. Please, I know you've seen it. <laughs> Don't look at me like I'm making this up. <laughs> that somehow this is a justifiable approach. Well, is it being part of protest? So you're part of this. You believe it. Yeah, so Bill Maher arguing with us. Uh, Isn't looting part of protest? No, you ninny. Once again, there's an age cutoff for liberals, apparently. Yeah. Of of people who see the world in a, in a way that makes sense. And the freaking crazy people. I mean, you're freaking crazy. Oh, you're, you're deluded. Yeah. Anyway, another uh, more on that in a little bit. Another one of Bill Maher's jokes was, and did you see the power outages in California? Nancy Pelosi had to get her hair cut by candlelight. Which <laughs> <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. You know, the uh, the looting thing, it reminds me in that, that, well, isn't looting part of protesting? Ryan Long, the brilliant comedian who, who brought us that woke versus racist video that's at armstrongandgetty.com. His newest one is he's running for office and his entire platform has been designed by, and I quote, 20-year-old girls. All of my positions are via 20-year-old girls. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, more on all that, well, for years to come, probably. <laughs> um, now that's a tease. Uh, reading a little bit about the fires from the dispatch, and I found this was pretty interesting. Large swaths of the western United States remain on fire. Larger areas even covered with smoke and ash over the weekend. We have so much ash at my house, if you can even imagine this, where we can sweep it into piles in our driveway. It's like it's snow. That's or astonishing. It is. It's incredible. Wow. I thought the air was bad where I live. Three million acres have burned in just California, not counting Oregon and uh, Washington and, you know, all the other states that are on fire. Oh, yeah. Poor for Idaho and Montana are getting no love, but they're having a, a tor- horrible uh, wildfire. So three million acres have burned in California, a million more in Oregon. Forty thousand people have fled their homes. Portland had the worst air quality today of any major city in the world. If you know anything about these numbers, and you know, I grew up my whole life, I never knew anything about air quality index because I never lived anywhere where you had to know. But uh, when it starts getting up around, you know, high 100s, 200s, it's you don't want to be outside. In Portland, it's 423. Hmm. Anything higher than 300 is hazardous for your health. 423 in Portland, which is absolutely amazing. Yikes. So they actually are recommending staying indoors in a lot of areas. They advise you to riot and loot indoors. So the worst Shine air, lasers into your own eyes. Worst air in the entire world, and there's a lot of places in the world where they do nothing to try to stop bad air. Mm-hmm. Worst air in the world is Portland. Uh, Vancouver is second. Seattle is third for worst air in the entire world. San Francisco is fifth. Los Angeles, 11th, which is really pretty amazing. Yikes. Um, why is all this happening? How is all this happening? Uh, California has experienced one devastating fire season after another in recent years, and in 2020 set a grim record for acreage burned. They talked to uh, some environmental historians and people who know a lot about foresting and all that sort of stuff and learned this. Um, Three main factors for the fire's increasing scale and intensity. Rising temperatures caused by climate change is something. But the decline of agriculture around population centers has eliminated buffer zones between people and fire. 
Sprawling suburbs and exurbs with their accompanying power lines have pushed human settlement closer to areas particularly susceptible to blazes. And a century of forest management in the West has exacerbated the first two. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Forest Service's ending in the 1920s of light burning, so that's now 100 years since they've done light burning to clear forest, used by Native Americans who knew how to do it just kind of organically, had figured it out over probably millennial, millennia mm-hmm. uh, to clear forest, used by Native Americans and early settlers for economic and fire control reasons, cleared the way for a policy of fire suppression. This is a strategy that birthed the 10 a.m. fire, the goal that all wildfires would be suppressed by 10 a.m. the day after the river reported. Wow. This strategy is like an urban fire service out in the woods. Constant firefighting, firefighting allows fuel in the form of new growth and underbush, underbrush to pile up to uncontainable levels, a kind of fire debt that the West is now paying. Many states have reformed their policies on this to varying degrees, but firefighting agencies in California remain largely stuck in the 10 a.m. ethos, and the result is a deadly feedback loop. Wow. So you put out the fires. And now it's just climate change. It's climate change. A hundred years of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. State and federal. Absolutely, you know, put in a headlock by the far left environmental folks. And I appreciate sound scientific environmentalism. I'm I'm in it. But yeah, the the complete wackadoo left ran things for a hundred years. Well, do you remember we did this story when it was Australia? And uh, Australia was on fire, and and the, all the stories in the in the drive-by media where they would just kind of barely look at the story. They talked about climate change. Mm-hmm. Then you talk to the actual people that ran the forest in Australia, and they said, "No, we've mismanaged the forests for decades by allowing all this to grow up and, and, and portraying all logging as a horror." Yeah, and we've corresponded with uh, professional foresters about this in the past. And it is absolutely unanimous among people who deal with forests for a living uh, that this is the case. It's been mismanagement of the forest. You combine that with the fact that so many of the cities um, have expanded out into the places that tend to burn. Um, You know, the slight warming of the planet may be a factor, but to pretend that it's the only factor is just, well, it's, it's deliberately dishonest. Talking to another person whose uh, specialty is uh, the founder of the Fire Restoration Group, a nonprofit that worked with governments and communities to integrate fire policy, blah, blah, blah. Somebody else who's an expert in it told the dispatch, Californians need to clear land around houses, fireproof buildings, and tolerate a few days of slightly smoky air from controlled burns to forestall larger fires with far more smoke. Mm Mm-hmm. State resources need to be directed toward restoration, controlled burns, and brush clearing to check the massive and rising costs of suppression. Uh, I hope we get on board with that all over the country, recognizing that letting nature take its course to a certain extent is, well, It's there's no getting around it. Nature will take its course at some point. Right, right. And you want to live on a coast, you're going to have hurricanes. You want to live in the forest, you're going to have forest fires. I like the idea. I heard about one guy who's rebuilding this house. I think it was in Northern California because um, it had gotten burnt down. And he said, well, yeah, this time we're going to use concrete instead of wood and various uh, fireproofing methods. And it struck me as perfectly reasonable. But, again, Gavin Mussolini just shouting about uh, climate change as he's next to people smoldering houses. 
It's just, well, never let a crisis go to waste. Anyway, point made. Hope you heard this and you're ashamed of yourself, Gavin. (laughs) Shame. 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 Oh, that reminds me. I saw uh, as Gavin Mussolini was making his way up to wherever it was he was going in Northern California. Um, there was a lady dressed as the shame lady from Game of Thrones with a big sign greeting his motorcade. Shame. Shame. And what was she trying to shame him on? Shame. Uh, the fire policy, I guess. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. COVID. I guess it would just be him in general. Just in general. Yeah. Kind of... Oh, I meant to bring this up earlier. San Francisco is actually considering having children vote. It's shameless. Absolutely shame. How shame. How young? Oh, Five, six years old? Uh, 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds. That's hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. It is so utterly transparent. We can sway children with emotional arguments that have nothing to do with the real world or real policy, and we can get them to vote Democrat all the time. Just shameless. More on that later. Maybe. How, what kind, how, is there a chance of that happening? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, could, you couldn't have them vote in, like, state and... And federal elections, national elections, but you could vote on local stuff. Um, but I don't, don't most grown-ups look back on when they were 16? Hell, don't most grown-ups look back on when they were 30, yeah. if you're old enough and think, yeah. But 16? Yeah, I don't think people should be allowed to vote till they're 30. Who thinks they had good judgment when they were 16? About really anything. Critics say... Younger teens aren't mature enough or educated enough to have a say on Election Day. You think? Whose personal experience? I'd like to hear it on the text line. And be honest. Anybody think they had good judgment when they were 16? I'd like to meet you. Are we, <laughs> is good judgment a requirement for voting all of a sudden? Yeah, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Uh, you're responding to an argument that hasn't been made, though. Okay. I mean, they might pretend that, yes, we think it's important. They have a seat. No, it's purely to get people out to the polls who can be swayed by emotional arguments. That's it. It's just we can get the children to vote Democrat. That's it. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Crazy times. You got children voting. You got uh, mm, um, on fire. Came across an interesting thing over the weekend. Actually, Tim Sandifer was tweeting it out about uh, English departments and universities across the country. It's uh, kind of interesting. Fits in with the whole we're losing our mind in our university's critical race theory thing mm. that I'm so into. Oh, yeah. Um, among other things we can talk about coming up, the NFL was back. Joe's a junkie, so he's back into watching the games. I missed out on buying some of Lincoln's hair. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Colin Kaepernick's actually unhappy with a lot of the protesting that's going on. Did you hear that? No. In the NFL? Yeah, well, I hate you with that, among other things. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, it felt like a scrimmage out there, but, um, you know, obviously it counts. And I think we're all disappointed it didn't go our way. But the only people that can do something about it are the guys in the room. And we got to look at each other in the eye and all work harder, put more urgency on the things we have to do, and, uh, you know, get back to work and do a better job. As Loser! I'm, as I've been saying for years, Tom Brady sucks. Clearly. No doubt about it. Um... So, uh, I like reading more than just practically anything in the world. 
It's one of my f- just I, I just love it. Absolutely love it. It's um, funny you weren't much of a reader as a kid. No, as I was you've not. Disclosed. No, no. I read stupid crap. <clears throat> I like to read stupid crap. Eh, builds the muscle. But uh, I wasn't interested in reading anything very difficult. Mm. Strange but true hockey stories. That was my favorite. Loved it. Strange but true baseball stories, too. Yeah. I had strange but true baseball stories and strange but true football stories. Oh, really? Yeah. No hockey. I didn't have hockey. Uh, you missed out on some strange but true stories. Tell you what. I wonder if I, when I really have time to read, when I, my kids are grown and I'm retired, if I'll, will there be any reason to read? What's the point of making yourself smarter? I'm 70 and I'm just waiting to die. <laughs> well, that's a good attitude. That's very healthy. Well adjusted. What's the point of getting any smarter at that point? Uh, well, you could go to the, uh, who, who was it? Was it Jerry Seinfeld or whoever made that joke about everybody's dad is studying for some oh, yeah. World War II test? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's John Mulaney you talk oh, about. Oh, Mulaney, that's right, yeah. Seems like all of our dads are studying for a World War II trivia contest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, a couple of things on books and reading. One, a book that we are currently reading to do a podcast about. Cynical Theories by um, Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay, which is all about critical race theory and everything like that. The good news is Amazon sold out of it. It was so popular, and now they've got the second order going, and they've got books back in stock. I'm really happy to see that. Great. It was so popular that they sold out. Yeah, that's terrific. And As As, as poisonous and and, and corrosive as Twitter is, you can thank Twitter for that, because... That's been their their big forum. So I didn't check this last week if the New York Times finally put it on the bestseller list because they didn't, even though it was like killing it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And James Lindsay actually had on his uh, his Twitter profile, he had James Lindsay, not New York Times bestselling author, uh-huh. because <clears throat> they were going obviously out of their way for political reasons to not have his book be a bestseller. Oh, yeah, because they're the uh, Marxists in the newsroom would have gone crazy. Um, as described by Barry Weiss and others. And I, I just think that's interesting. But uh, so Tim Sandifer, who's part of our little podcast group for reading the book Critical Theories, actually tweeted out something over the weekend. It was an article from American Scholar. And it was about English departments in universities across America. And I had this experience, geez, years ago. This has been going on in the universities for so long. And it took quite a while for it to seep into regular life. Because I thought, when I was in my 30s, I thought, you know what, I'm going to get a degree in history, because I'm so into history. And I looked at my local major university, and I thought, okay, I'll go into their curriculum online, see, you know, what, what could I major in or minor in or specialize in, anything like that. And they didn't have anything that was like normal history that I had any, would have any interest in it. I mean, there wasn't any colonial history or military history or the history of World War II or, you know, the British history. There was none of that stuff that I might be interested in. Everything was about the oppression of various people. I didn't know what it was at the time. It was grievance studies. It was mm-hmm. all grievance studies. And so this happened in the English department, too, apparently. And there is nothing in English departments all across the country now, where you can read some of what has been considered the greatest stuff ever written for hundreds of years in many cases, other than to talk about how awful it is. All of the English departments are about tearing down great works of literature and telling you why they're awful. Wow. 
And none of it just like, isn't this great? Here's why it's great. Here's why it survived for 500 years and people have thought it's great for the last five centuries. No, it's just all tearing it down. I'll read briefly from uh, the uh, American Scholar article about it. All too often, literary study now is what might be called prophylactic. The skeptical professor does all she can to help the student avoid being co-opted by the contents of the book's vision. We celebrate critical thinking, which often boils down to learning how to assume a rejectionist posture for anything that comes across our radar. The idea that a student might be influenced by a canonical, something in the canon, work of literature is deeply problematic. A favorite term of art for the average English professor. Everything is presented from a critical, let's figure out what's wrong with this Shakespeare play. Let's figure out what's wrong with this Wordsworth poem. Let's figure out what's wrong with all these things have been taught by, you know, all these old white men, dead white men. It's all from the standpoint of here's what's wrong with it. Here's why they're evil. Here's why they're evil and why we need to get rid of it from the curriculum. No celebrating it. Here's why it's great. Here's why it stood the test of time. In every English department across the country with a very few exceptions. Isn't that amazing? This is what it looks like when a society destroys itself. Apparently. That's amazing. That's the end of a culture when you start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fairly small minority of people who who think like that, but we've given them the power to educate our young. Whoops. Armstrong and Getty. That came from the north. He walked along the passenger side of the car. He acted as if he was going to walk past the car, and then he made a left turn directly toward the car, raised a pistol, and fired several rounds inside of the vehicle, striking both of the sheriff's deputies. Terrible story over the weekend. Yeah, L.A. County Sheriff's deputies uh, gunned down. Uh, they'll, it looks like they'll survive, thank God. I just tried to uh, assassinate them in their cars. They'll never be the same. Oh, no. They were both shot in the head. One uh, mom of a, a six-year-old. The other's a young man. Um, and uh, this guy is still at large. I hope to hell he'll be brought to justice. Um, it's not... Well, how do I phrase this exactly? I am not shocked that in a world where prominent people are claiming that the police are just hunting down black people with impunity, which is utterly untrue. Plenty of racist cops. Everybody wants to work on it. But the idea that it's open season on black people um, is just not true. And you get uh, gangbangers hoping to make their their name or, or crazy people or people who get whipped up into cop hatred. It's just not shocking that this sort of thing is happening. At any rate. I hope they, they catch them. Well, they will. They will. You're not going to get away with this. No, plenty of people in that hood want want the police around to keep them safe. And I'm hoping somebody will recognize this guy. So that upset people, and um, obviously nationwide, and Trump and Biden both spoke to it, and... Um, I you know, they, they both said uh, the right things. I wish Biden hadn't also also thrown in a you know we got to get guns off the street and uh, high capacity magazines need to be eliminated and that sort of stuff. I don't think that need to be thrown in there. But anyway, 
Um, people are upset by this, and uh, for good reason, including Bernard Carrick, who was the police chief in New York City and then was named to be the secretary of uh, DHS briefly till it turned out he had an illegal maid and he had to step back. You probably remember that whole flap. Uh, but he says we're going to see more of this and people need to wake up to what's going on. Clip 35 there, Sean. Guys, look, this is reminiscent of what happened back in the 70s and 80s with the Black Liberation Army, the Black Panther Party. And Black Lives Matter is an extenuation of that. Uh, Black Lives Matter was inspired by the BLA, by Asada Shakur. Um, Black Lives Matter has people working for them that were a part of that movement back in the 70s and 80s that was responsible for assassinating close to a dozen, or more than a dozen cops, almost two dozen cops over a 10-year period. The bottom line is, this has to stop. The Justice Department has to go after Black Lives Matter, after Antifa, and put an end to this. I don't think the waitress who served me, what did she serve me? I think we went in there and got milkshakes. I don't think the waitress who served me, who had the Black Lives Matter t-shirt on, is a uh, likely a Marxist or involved with people from the 70s who were part of uh, Black Panthers and groups that wanted to kill cops. But people should be aware that that organization uh, is tied to that. Right. And that's what Bernard Carrick is saying, and he's got uh, more on that vein. Uh, the next clip there. All of them, all of them, the mayor, the governor, the city council, every one of them are responsible for allowing this stuff to happen. Blocking vehicular traffic, pedestrian traffic is a crime. Resisting arrest is a crime. Obstructing justice is a crime. Assault on cops is a crime. Every single person on that bridge should have been arrested. Period. We arrested 700 people on the Brooklyn Bridge one time. 700 were arrested on the Brooklyn Bridge for getting on there when they weren't supposed to be. The bottom line is it can be done if you have the leadership that's going to do it. And you don't have that in the mayor, the governor, and the city council in New York City. Or lots of other places. He was speaking of a specific event that happened over the weekend in New York where a bridge was shut down and traffic was at a halt. But it's been happening all over the country. And we've just been letting it happen because I guess we feel like, well, they're they're angry. And if we arrest people who are protesting, that'll cause more problems. Well, that's, it's not working out. No, no, it's not. And there are a lot of simpletons who know just enough to be dangerous who are saying, okay, these people say they're protesting for civil rights. I remember reading about civil rights demonstrators being beaten and bit by dogs and hosed off, uh, well, not hosed off, but uh, blasted with fire hoses and the rest of it. Um, Those were the bad guys. So I want to be a good person. So I've got to let everything just happen. It's just dumb. And he went on to say, I'll just paraphrase this, he called the public stupid on Black Lives Matter, and uh, he said, you look at you, you watch NBA playoff games, and it says Black Lives Matter in the middle of the basketball court. And right. you have people that are, all, that, that are calling themselves part of BLM who are going around, you know, torching buildings and shooting cops. So, you know, we got to have a, some sort of conversation about this or figure this out. Right, right. I agree completely. You couldn't have a group of Nazis... Some of which are, you know, sell Girl Scout cookies and some of which want to murder Jews and just, you know, both have them, let them have the same name. Right. You can't, you can't do that. Right. So you yeah. got to figure this out. Yeah, but people have no idea. And, and how could they watching one-sided 
news their whole lives or reading one-sided news. Nobody at the New York Times is going to point that out. Doesn't fit the agenda. And, of course, I'm just in a bad mood because I missed out on buying Lincoln's hair, but uh, more on that to come. After a quick word from our friends... What? What? Funny text. That's your tease? Quick word. Well... I wanted his hair. I've always wanted some of Lincoln's hair. And what are you going to do with it? Well, that, that, that after Ever. this. Well, Santeria, needless to say, witchcraft. Quick word uh, from our uh, beloved sponsor, CarShield, though. We have all seen the check engine light come on, gives you anxiety, and you're thinking, oh, no, what's wrong? What's it going to cost? How long will I not have my car? Yeah, well, whether it's a check engine light or, you know, you got a weird sound or smoke coming out, whatever it is, we all have the same problem of, okay... All right. What's it, how do I know what's really wrong with this? What am I going to pay for this? I mean, it's just a terrible situation. CarShield can help a lot, a lot with this. Yeah, CarShield offers a wide range of protection plans that can save you thousands for covered repairs, which means that check engine light is a lot less scary. And you have the freedom to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to go to to get the work done. CarShield gets the rest taken care of. Yep, even if you're traveling, your choice of repair shop is up to you with CarShield. They've helped over a million drivers. That's why they're America is number one auto protection company. So if you've always dreaded car repairs, like we all do, have peace of mind, get coverage today, and see why CarShield goes further, call 800-CAR-6000. That's 800-CAR-6000. And mention the code ARMSTRONG to get 10% off. Save 10%. Or you can go to carshield.com. Carshield.com. Code ARMSTRONG. A uh, lock of Lincoln's hair. Uh, How much? Like a? Are we talking about a full head of Lincoln's hair? He looked like he had a good full head of hair. No, you don't. They don't hey, yeah, beautiful him. hair. Um, a lock of Lincoln's hair, along with a blood-stained telegram about his assassination, sold at auction for more than eighty-one thousand dollars. That's all. The roughly two-inch long lock of hair was removed during Lincoln's post-mortem examination. Man, that's a little macabre. It is a little macabre. Um, or you do? Do you say macabre? Macabre, <laughs> macabre. Uh, let's see. The telegram is significant because it disproved a theory that then Secretary of War Edwin Stanton plotted to kill Lincoln because of their personal and political differences, according to historians. Um, that's uh, r- ridiculous. Um, that's a stupid uh, idea that was published in some idiotic book in the seventies that I can't remember, but. Um, it's no historians ever taken that seriously. Well, are, is they're pretty nailed down though on it being in Lincoln's hair. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, because okay. it was. I they have the whole chain of ownership. I thought that'd be worth more than eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, of course, if you, if you had it, and then you you know, times get hard. Then you know, I probably ought to sell that lock of Lincoln's hair. We could sell Lincoln's hair, honey. Oh, no. Don't do that. We'll just say, I'll get a second job. We can't sell Lincoln's hair. The number of people out there that want to buy it is a fairly small pool, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would be, um, I would absolutely buy that, but not for that. Not, no, no. I'm sorry. What would you do with it? Want to see a dead guy's hair? <laughs> what, what would you do with it? I would display it. Tape it to my forehead. <laughs> Tape it. Speak I in. Uh, use it elo- as an extension. Speak in eloquent tones. What's that, Joe? You're wearing the rat tail style? That hasn't been popular in 20 years. No. That's actually uh, kind of funny that uh, it's an extension uh, and it's Abraham Lincoln's hair. <laughs> the president? Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's Lincoln's hair. 
<laughs> um, Dead people's hair. I just, I don't know. Uh, Edwin Stanton, distant relative of mine. Full disclosure. He was my great, 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 great grandfather or something like that. Cool. Yeah. Full disclosure. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a... So we know you're not biased on the situation. Exactly. Or you might be. Yeah. The, the Ford Motor Company is a financial supporter of the Armstrong and Getty show. It's that sort of disclaimer. Signature would be cool, like a, a, a you know, a Lincoln signature or a handwritten yes. letter or something like that. Super duper cool. I'm so, I imagine that goes for a lot more money. Body parts? <laughs> I just am not as into. It's a little macabre, I guess, but it's it's the man. Do you it's call part Hera, of him. Do you call? I know that's what's gross. Do you call <laughs> hair a body part? Or because if somebody says that's a body a part, stretch. I'm thinking a toe, something like that. Yeah, not an eyelash. You know, hair's a body part. Lincoln's nose hair. I don't think it is. I mean, hair's not a body part. I don't think so. I mean, his nose hair. I mean, he breathed past that hair. I mean. That really speaks to his being alive. He breathed in thoughts. He breathed out four score. Right, right, right. He he may have that that hair might have trapped dust at Gettysburg that day. You don't know. So Lincoln's nose hair. I'd <laughs> there be could be some Gettysburg dust on that nose. That's hair. right. I'd be willing to uh, to pay handsomely for that. His hair was thinking. I can't believe I'm at a musical. Jesus, of all the things I could be doing right now, somebody shoot me. Oh boy, that's that's uh, too soon. Too soon. Not funny. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is where the Tijuana River crosses the border into the United States. This cement structure was built to contain flooding from rainfall. But this isn't just rainwater. It's a toxic mix of raw sewage from neighboring Tijuana, draining into Southern California on lower ground, eventually emptying into the Pacific Ocean. So effectively, it's like a toilet flushing straight into this river valley. There you go. Nice. Thanks, Mexico, for flushing your toilet into Southern California. Oh, yeah. This is sick enough. I've got a couple of buddies who are surfers who talk about that. If you're uh, you're surfing in that area, you got to know which time of year it gets extra poopy. Oh, yeah. that's gross. So I'm reading more on this um, this guy who started this online learning platform. Parents all across the country are struggling with these online platforms and the teachers. I should say the teacher, too. I was uh, emailing back and forth with my son's teacher. There's a science assignment that my son got that he was supposed to be working on. And I tried and tried and tried. And I finally, you know, because I don't want it to turn out I'm the problem. But I finally, okay, I've checked everything 10 times. I'm going to email her and say, look. This this tab I'm supposed to click on just doesn't exist. And then finally she said, I'll give him credit for it. I'm so mad at technology right now. It just drives me crazy. The teachers are just as mad as the parents and oh, the students I are. I know it. Yeah. Trying to get all working. They don't, they didn't, you know, go to school to learn how to teach online and set up these platforms. It's so frustrating. Anyway, so one guy came up with a with a single platform. So you don't have the you're in Google Classroom, now you're in Wakelet. Now you're in all these different things that we're signed up for. So th- this thing has existed as a while that uh, schools have used as like a supplemental. If kids fall behind, you can add this to the thing. So mm-hmm. it already had kind of a small layer of 
we somewhat know what this is. We've yeah, heard of it, yeah. A Cellus, which they're using in uh, San Diego area, Oakland area, and we actually got a text from somebody, man, it's been a lifesaver for our kid, so it must be good on some level. Mm. But the backstory on it's kind of funny. This guy who left the Mormon church, who developed it, he left the Mormon church because they had abandoned polygamy. He, um, I'm yeah. out! He then, yeah. <laughs> the, he then founded a new church, and then started a college in which he awarded himself a doctorate from his own college. Wow. And then he started Wait giving a minute, out. You can do that? Apparently you can. And then he started giving other instructors at the college that he invented uh, uh, doctorates. And those people created this learning platform that is uh, somewhat controversial <laughs> now. Really? They're uh, not fully qualified? <laughs> So I can, what about all these degrees? So I can start a university and give myself a degree? Yes, apparently. Why haven't I done that? I don't know. Uh, I've what? always had an interest in, I don't know, music. All right, PhD, music theory. There it is. Parents began discovering inappropriate content on the platform. One lesson showed an image of a bank robber while depicting Harriet Tubman's escape from slavery. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's odd. Um, one had the answer to what terrorist group did Osama bin Laden lead as the towel ban, which isn't correct anyway. Even well, it was Taliban, it's, but. it's several kinds of wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, mentioned this earlier, so I'll mention it again. It's kind of funny. Sweetie Lips, which is a cartoon <laughs> character pig. It's a lipstick wearing cartoon pig. Wow. That appears in some of the online instructions. So this guy is a polygamist and an animal fan. Including one that got the organization in trouble last month. When a couple of other characters asked Sweetie Lips where her name came from, she blushes and says, don't ask, we're not even going there. So there's some sort of randy... Innuendo innuendo humor thing for first and second graders? (laughs) That ham has been around. Wow. (laughs) Oh... Oh, I just thought of a really funny joke, but it's just too explicit. Oh, it's too bad. Just slightly too explicit. Maybe for the podcast. Oh, speaking of which, yes, we heard Jack dropped an F-bomb. What? That is indisputable. We are working to recover the tape. You said the F-word. I did not. Rhymes with cart. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Michelangelo in the control room. Hit it. Yeah, I'm going to buy some of Ronald Reagan's hair so I can get two sets of eyebrows. I'll have one set that's raised <laughs> permanently. Then my other ones will just be normal. Seems like a reasonable plan to me. Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought. As stocks go up, stocks go down. Taking an individual day snapshot and trying to extrapolate what the economy, quote unquote, is doing is false. But I do think the media does a terrible job of only reporting when the market is down. Uh-uh. It's having a, a, a quite good morning and day to day, but nary a mention ever. Man, it depends on the president. E- either That's never mention it or oh always my. mention it. Yeah. But to- oh I agree. My. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Jack, final thought? How come I just became aware of the fact that I can start a university and give myself a PhD? <laughs> How was I just told this? I would have done it a long time ago. Finally, you can be a man of letters. That's Dr. Jack to you. (laughs) My uh, final thought was I read an interview with Titania McGrath, which is a a parody uh, identity on uh, Twitter, and it's absolutely brilliant. This is my favorite sentence. Um, 
the trick to Twitter is always to include a rainbow flag and pronouns in your bio. That way, when you're calling your opponents evil, low-life scumbags, trying to get them fired, or gloating if they die, everyone will know that you're actually incredibly compassionate. That is uh, true and good there. Yep. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour work day. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for the One More Thing podcast. Today's brand new content will be posted by noon Pacific. You got all our, if you missed a segment, you can do that. The new Ryan Long video, hilarious. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Botany. think I'll give myself a PhD in botany. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase... Uh, what you're doing? They're bad throws. I mean, it's, when it comes down to it, it's just bad throws. Can't do it.